tell me more about these meat cravings. It's, it's not just the meat, it's... Welcome, everybody, to the Real Thrills Podcast. I am Jay, and I'm here with Eric, as always. Eric, how are you? Fantastic, Jay. How are you? I'm still living. Not like some of these characters in this next movie we're going to do. <laughs> That's for sure. So we uh, decided to do Rabid, uh, and I do want to give a shout-out to the person that recommended Rabid when we asked for listeners to recommend a movie for us. We didn't know. It was a not, never on my radar. No. I've never heard of it. But uh, it was done in 1977. The original. The original. The OG. We did the 2019 version by the Saska sisters, right? Correct. All right. So we're doing more of a modern, very modern. And it touches on a lot of points. Now, way ahead of its time, in my opinion, of of, of 2019. (laughs) Yep. Because we'll get into it, but there's a lot of like uh, meta things happening on top of there's some CDC play, some stem cell research, some stem, you know, some botched surgeries and a little uh, foreshadowing for what came right after, which was our COVID-19 lockdown. yeah, pandemic. Our, <laughs> our, our, yeah, so to me I was watching this with that viewpoint and uh which made me engaged. And I think this, you know, with that factor, that's why we're going to recommend it to people and just say, "Hey, maybe it wasn't our favorite, but that doesn't mean anything. It's still a good movie. We enjoyed it, and we're going to talk about it. So let's go with synopsis first and anything else that you want to touch base on before we uh, get into the segments. Yeah, I guess just to kind of uh, fill everyone in in case you're not aware or have never seen Rabid. Uh, again, this is our first pass through, and um, I actually went back and watched the original um, right after watching the remake. I wanted to kind of uh, find the you know the the common the commonalities in both films to kind of see where they took it um because from my from my understanding you know the saska sisters um did a lot of kind of more grindhousey type style um and that's i think where their their passions lie so it was interesting to watch something that was more of that old school like george romero style um you know from the 70s and how they would turn that into something a little bit more in that grindhouse um but it didn't really follow that you know it was a more of a story it was more about sort of empowerment and it had this um underlying like you said jay kind of a meta vibe to it about uh being really um i think self-aware of itself and it was just kind of interesting that it didn't it didn't go as dark as i thought it would um but i think they did a good job at making it quite different than the original but still keeping a pretty similar you know story and vibe to it but essentially what we've got is a woman gets in a terrible motorcycle accident and goes to this special clinic that is doing this experimental research and they um whether it's in the first one with a skin graph or uh, stem cell research in the in the remake um, basically it's just making this person normal again Mm -hmm. fixing whatever happened to them in this terrible accident um but ends up giving them this bloodlust um 
and I think maybe some of it is intentional and we know what's happening and some of it may be a little bit unintentional side effect. Yeah. Um, depending on which, which film you watch. But ultimately we've got these folks that have this bloodlust and every time they go out and, and, and quench that, they infect someone else and then that person now has the same bloodlust and we turn into these basically bloodthirsty zombies that are crawling around the streets of Montreal or wherever this movie takes place. Yeah, and and like most movies that we always like to touch base on because we have a pretty big, uh, you know, portfolio of horror movies that we watched over the years or over time. That in this movie, I kept thinking, all right, there's elements of Twenty Eight Days Later, uh, yep. zombie apocalypse. Like you know, you got this affected, and then it keeps going. Uh, very similar to you know. <laughs> We we joked, but you know, funny with the the COVID thing and what whatever, kind of the same thing. Where not as serious, but yeah, it was still taking lives, and you know, it is it was it is it's a very serious thing. Uh, but I just kept thinking about that, so it's kind of like that twenty eight days, a little zombie, and then there was a little nightmare on Elm Street where it was like because the doctor Burrows who did the who did the stem cell was telling Rose, the main character, that you're gonna have these like. Uh, not nightmares, but visions. Yeah, vivid hallucinations. I think. Yeah. So it. she and and then there was moments where she just would wake up the next day. So I'm like, you know, it was she didn't know if it was real or not. Was that a nightmare? Was that a dream? So right, I was right. kind of like, all right. So they're kind of pulling into that, uh, but, which was different. So that yeah. that's definitely somewhere they took it different. Because I think if you went back and saw the '70s version and that was in there, you're like, okay, I see where they wrote <laughs> a Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, but there's not really those visions. It's sort of more, it's a lot more evident in the original that there's a problem and she's got this bloodlust like right away as soon as she wakes up. This film, I think, it seemed like they were trying to create more of a story for Rose and it wasn't as much about the pandemic, you know, rapid increase of rabies cases it was more about trying to focus on the main character and, and getting her way and kind of building her up to be this i guess anti-hero in a way and the the end kind of shows that she really could have been the hero unfortunately dr burroughs really kind of fucked that up correct so and and you know uh i i did mention to this uh before i, I definitely because the time period we're in right now um a show just dropped and it was a podcast and it's about a um, surgeon, Dr. Death, who was a real guy named Christopher Dunch, who, uh, Dr. Dunch, out of the Texas area that would, that operated on 33 different people, killed two, and kept, he, he went from Baylor to Dallas Medical and was pretty much avoiding getting caught and it really takes a toll you know so i'm watching this with like bad like doctors doing crazy yeah. things and and then you know something that both eric and i have had to have experienced already is neck surgeries for both of us right we both had this the same surgery the acdf surgery right so watching dr death and this i'm like i never want to go into surgery ever again <laughs> You're like, I better, you're looking at yourself in the mirror going, okay, posture, get your posture in check, asshole. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're not going back. There was, yeah, so uh, I do implore all of you uh, not only to watch Rabbit, but hey, go check out Peacock, Dr. Death. It's it's a, it's a mini series, and it 
something that really happened and he was convicted and, and all all the good things uh so he's in jail now forever but uh it w- he was kind of serial killer-esque you know he he did this on purpose like he didn't know what the hell he was doing and there were scenes where he's just hacking away right. and you're just watching it going and i'm cringing uh and, just and, like in this movie where they were doing all this surgery and some of those scenes in surgery like if that's what's going on when i'm under god help me I mean, I, I'm wondering if you're if you're alluding to the fact that when at the Burroughs Center they begin to do the surgery on Rose and they're all dressed like giant Twizzlers. Yeah. <laughs> what was with those red, those big red yeah, suits? Yeah, so I, I, did, I did take a note that it jumped off right off the page. I was like, all right, so she's going into surgery. They're all wearing red. Uh, red in movies symbolize passion, danger, and power. So and there's a lot of red, tons yeah. of red in this movie. I actually, that's one of the things I really liked about the cinematography is the use of red in this movie. It's in in random spots. It just it's in there, but it's it's like on the screen in your face, like for the whole scene. But it's in a different way. Whether it's the blood or it's every time Rose gets in a new outfit, it's it's either black or red. I think it's they kind of the drink she was elements. drinking, the blood yep. on the meat that she was licking, the blood lust. So yes, yeah, red was a very big theme and 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 the symbolism uh, symbol of a well symbolism of that uh, red being danger or power or passion really makes sense. So yeah, um, definitely. So uh, I I digress. Anything else? Um, let's talk about Rotten Tomatoes. Fifty six percent. It only was reported as a film five million dollar budget, and only grossed about one hundred fifty four thousand uh, dollars. But we we do have something. It did come out in December in Taiwan. You looked that up. Yeah, like December 2019, it looks like it was released, and so we're so close to the beginning of the pandemic. So it's hard to say. You know, again, this isn't something we researched to find out why the movie didn't make enough money, but yeah. kind of seems like it tracks that if a movie is released at the very end of 2019, it's about a pandemic. And it was know, in so Taiwan the, first, so in Taiwan, it took so. probably a couple months. We're already in a pandemic, and maybe we just people lost sight of this. It was even too though, real. E- even though we were home, <laughs> but that's that's why I, I implore people to go watch it and think of when this was happening. You're kind of like. Wow, this was like something in the now. Like the Saska sisters were ahead yeah. of this movie, and uh, that, in my mind, a little genius. You know, a little that there's something there. There's something there to watch. Yeah, again, I think they they played a lot less into that piece of the original film. Um, again, I, I'm just gonna call it out. The movie was too long. Like, yes. they, I think that they just the movie was way too long. It seems did like. You, did you write that down? It was, it was. I don't have to write it down. I just know it. It was. It was like a hundred. It. it was almost two hours, where the original was ninety-one minutes. There, there's your sweet spot. You know, most horrors should be ninety minutes or less. To be honest with you. Yeah, some of the storyline, I think, again, it was trying too much to to make the the lead character Rose sort of this empathetic figure, and. I think that it wasn't for any good reason. I think they tried too hard to build her up um, for not a lot of payoff. You know, the return on investment wasn't there. So to make it, you know, maybe they could have saved a million dollars if they cut it down 30 minutes. I don't don't know what what, what they could have done um, to scale this back. But I feel like there was a lot of times in the movie that were just 
long drawn out dialogue um between yeah, the characters ton, tons of monologue i, I yeah, have monologues. those in my not in my notes and, and we we joked about it in our pre-show notes about how this movie took on a different aspect of her her job and we just thought you know we kind of giggled and said hey maybe the the Sasuke sisters were just like on this binge of watching devil wears prada and said hey well, wouldn't that <laughs> yeah. be funny if we just like made this time like a in. horror movie yeah uh and that's kind of because there's a heavy fashion fashion shows models making dresses gunter who is forgive me i don't even miranda i think was is that the the boss in devil's Wears oh. prada <laughs> I, you you have to catch me on a better day to remember yeah that. <laughs> i you know, I'm sure people are gonna maybe check on that, but don't you don't have to. I'm just saying that Sasuke sisters were probably like really in their feels about Devil Wears Prada, and they just kind of said, "Hey, let's just throw this little aspect into it," which probably added 30 minutes of monologue and dialogue and just unnecessary stuff. Yeah, it almost has a little bit of an element of like a Black Swan thing too, like the the good versus evil almost. Because I think you go from this really timid you know, character who has yeah. no, like, tons of ambition, but just doesn't have the voice and is kind, Super of, a, kind of a fuck up. Yeah, kind of. A, yep. Like, late for work all the time. Like doesn't know how to drive a moped. Oh, that's very evident. Um, but, yeah, kind of a fuck up. And then after this terrible accident where she thought, like, my life is over and she gets rejuvenated, then all of a sudden she's got power. She's turning dudes away for dates. She's walking with confidence. Yeah. She has the confidence to go talk to Gunter. She's going out with her friend. I mean, it's just like, it's a very different shift where yeah. it almost goes from good to evil. And is is how much of the evil is being pushed by these protein shakes and the, you know, this, uh, this Dr. Burroughs sort of, you know, controlling what was happening with her. Um, it's kind of interesting, but I think that personality shift was was big, and I, I thought it was important to show that in the film. But again, I just think that it, it felt long to me. the The Showtime version that we watch, who knows? Maybe that's like the director's cut, and they don't really have a theatrical cut. You know, where maybe they would have made it twenty, thirty minutes shorter <laughs> if we had seen it in the theaters. Yeah, and, and uh, we did allude to it earlier, where there was a lot of fashion monologue. You know, like and uh, you know, you really get this really insight to it, and because uh, she didn't have a voice, and then she has one, and then she had talks. There, you know, I, I wrote it down where there was a scene in the club where she just spits off five minutes of monologue. That's like, wow, she just like turned a corner. She's like a totally different person, and yeah. the <laughs> to kind of parlay Laura Vander. Yeah, Laura Vandervoort. She was in Smallville, and she was Supergirl. So she 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 uh, knew how to be a powerful person, I guess. You know, like she she had it in her. And uh, Rose really turns the corner, and uh, the actress was you know halfway decent. Yeah, I mean, I I thought she was good. And I, what's kind of interesting is the so the um the original film, I think they wanted to cast Sissy Sissy yeah, Spacek. Yeah, I saw that. Um, and this was right around the time Carrie came out. So. They wanted to cast her, but they wanted someone with a little bit more sex appeal. Oh, yeah. So they went with Marilyn Chambers, yeah. um, which, again, I think is interesting with the the newer, the remake, because um, it's a little bit unassuming, but she's got this um, kind of Scarlett Johansson look to her, Laura Vandervoort, and uh, um, 
kind of grows on you throughout the movie because yeah. again you you kind of get that she's all that look at her yes. with the glasses and the nerdy ponytail and then all of a sudden she's like a, a video vixen you know the, 10 the, minutes in and you're like whoa okay you could tell that the Saska sisters have watched a lot of movies in their lives and <laughs> there's a lot of elements coming in here uh funny funny stories i i looked um through some of their catalog and they were they were actresses in like or extras in a bunch of movies mm-hmm. that were kind of in that genre like Josie and the Pussycats. Oh. And I think that was... They With were, Rachel Lee Cook, who was in She's All That. Yeah, so they were kind of getting these... Um, I think a lot of these, uh, you know, twin roles in, in films that were just extras, and I think that's the reason they went into filmmaking, was they wanted to do their own thing. And so they do star in a lot of the movies that they do. Yeah, they were in this one. You which know. is great. I think, I mean, they're good actresses, definitely. Um you know, no, no doubt about that. I think they played good kind of villainous characters. You know, yeah, Mean Girls, right? Yeah, the Mean Girls, exactly. Yep. The uh, the Judies, like from Sleepaway Camp. Yeah, they were the they were a couple 100%. of hundred percent. So we'll, we'll we'll get into that. Any, anything else you want to jump into the segments right away, or yeah, I you want to have to go have at it. All right, let's get started here on the opening scene. Opening scene. Um, uh, I, I'm just going to go through my notes. It, <laughs> I saw it a while ago, so hopefully this makes sense. Uh, Rose, uh, on a scooter, almost gets hit, right? She, like, yep. kind of wobbles around. Uh, she's late to work and then ridiculed by Gunter as, so, as soon as uh, she gets in there. So, um, very, and, and for whatever reason, I've uh, they're all going to laugh at you vibes. Like, he was kind of like... Yeah, the mother of you know, and care, like just attacking her and just like making her feel yeah, belittling really her in front of all the models, which I think she already feels self conscious about herself. You can tell by the way she conducts herself. She's she's a little bit like arms crossed, you know, yeah. frumpy frumpy outfit. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're layering it on us pretty thick that she is just hopeless, helpless. You know, just Danzel. You know, just uh, not all not all there, right? Not not an introvert. Yeah, and one thing I want to mention is with with this opening scene is how the fuck did she learn how to drive? She is terrible on that Vespa, and she almost causes an accident in the first two minutes, which is such foreshadowing for this motorcycle accident that she's going to be in. But can I just ask a question? What was with that Rottweiler that was on like a 400-foot leash? (laughs) I'm like looking at that going, okay. I don't no, know. this scene. This scene needs a dog to jump out and scare the crap out of her. Like, <laughs> so. But we want to make sure that he's on a leash. We'll make it, you know, three, four hundred feet. No big eh, deal. Well, the movie's called Rabbit, so I don't know. There's a dog. <laughs> Maybe there's an element there. But I, you know, like, maybe that's how they could have started it. She gets yeah. bit right in the beginning, and then here we go. Yeah, and then, and then and then she like actually like corrected herself on the bike. And they're like, ah, oh, shit, we got to do that over again. Uh, we'll we'll just save it for the take two or scene two, <laughs> where well, she actually get hit. So. But uh, that's that's kind of it, you know. It's like uh, kind of you're you're off and running. You you get introduced to Rose, who's the main character, and she's kind of a kind of a helpless uh, helpless person. Yeah, we find out um, that she is a clumsy vegetarian. Yeah, <laughs> um, I think there's a lot of talk about. Again, we're learning a lot about the character in this one more so than we learned in the original. Yeah, so. a lot of. Uh, Character development here. Yeah, and again, I think the part of it that's a little bit meta to me and that where it shows that it's the film's a little bit self-aware is that, I mean, I didn't write it down line for line, but the the beginning when she enters work or she's coming in for work, um, you hear uh, Gunter, um, he's talking about how to sort of recreate um, or, you know, re-examine an original or how do you, 
you know, redoing the same tired things over and over. And so I thought that it was kind of interesting when you're watching a remake of a film that they're talking about, like, how do you redevelop or reignite the flame for this old film Um, and to make their Canadian idol uh, proud, David Cronenberg, who did the original. All they needed to do is break the fourth wall and look at the screen when they said it. That would have been even better, you know, just be like, you know. (laughs) Or have David Cronenberg play Gunter. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Is he even still alive or... I don't know. Oh. <laughs> Hopefully. Yes. If not, if not. RIP. Yeah. Anything else in your opening scene? Kind of kind of same vibe? Just yeah, character um, development. That yeah, that's that's pretty much it for me. Again, um a little frumpy, nerdy, d- definitely clumsy and um no confidence. And I think that to me, and not to get ahead of the movie at all, but I, I was kind of getting the vibe that they were going to, that whatever was happening in this newfound thing that was going to happen based on the synopsis or the, you know, the description of the film was that she was going to become a model, you know, like she's the perfect one that's all of a sudden like going to shed her glasses and become a model, but didn't happen. Yeah. She stayed as the sort of fashion designer. Um, we'll call her the, I'm right on top of that, Rose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and you could tell, like, in the beginning, too, she's, like, wearing heavy makeup. She's not as, you know, after she has a surgery. Yeah, yeah. And you, she just kind of turn like, her skin just changes. She And she just goes from, like, an 8 to a 10 very quickly. Well, you see these, like, really faint scars in a lot of yeah. makeup. And you're kind of curious, like, okay, am I, is this, like, from the be- the middle of the film? Because, again, when you read it and you're, like, oh, a disfiguring accident, you're, like, okay, I already see scars and a lot of makeup on her. So are we going to go back in time and see what happened? But then we see that, and again, this is where it didn't make sense to me, is that we're, when we get into the club scene, which is in the beginning still, they're in the restroom and the Sasuke sisters as characters come yep. in and they're kind of talking shit about who they're calling uh, Scarface uh, Rose Miller. Yeah. And they're saying something like her family was in a, a horrible accident and so her parents died and she was disfigured in that accident. And uh-huh. I, I don't know, I, I, I didn't understand where what that was going to mean later and it didn't really mean anything no. later. So I don't know what that was. Tra- Again, if, it were, if they were just trying to build up sympathy for the character and you wanted to really feel bad for Rose that but you're you're already going to feel bad for yeah. her she gets in a, a mangle you know mangling accident and in 20 minutes later or not even so yeah. why do we need this other bit of the story i just yeah layer layer layered on and you know it's pretty thick but uh you know it, it worked and uh, like you said it, you're just trying to build that character where you're feeling the sympathy um which will, will which will change later uh but then gets us right you kind of alluded to it right right segue into the drop when shit gets real, and I have a couple things here. Uh, one, one should be the, the number one. I think it's Rose's face. It's yeah, not when she gets hit because you don't see that. That's that it, it's off screen. Like you don't see her get hit, but when they take the bandages off, and she has to see her face for the first time with the other doctor, not yeah. Burroughs. That's when I was just kind of like, yeah. That's when I was just kind of like. Up, oh, she just got real. I also have a uh, Chipotle belly um, when her stomach starts to react after the surgery. Oh yeah, I just call that the Chipotle belly. Like she just needs to go use the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, was like shit, a- shit, that that would be the drop. <laughs> you know, like shit was getting real there. Uh, and the bloody steak scene was just kind of like, 
I just almost threw up. Just like, oh my gosh. She's yeah. Licking steak out it, of the fridge. And again, is that why we had to find out she was a vegetarian? That she yeah. went so far that she's like licking a steak on screen? Yeah. So obviously the other two are comedy driven. Uh, but I think Rose's face really. I'm just like, oh, here we go. I mean, there there might be other deaths that actually happen later for you, but that was for me. I, I saw her face. So I was like, ah, oh, here we go. Here we go. Yeah, I think um, th- there's a lot of different parts, I think, that could be um, the drop. Um, definitely that motorcycle accident and the and unveiling of the face. Um, yeah, she goes... So she goes to the Burroughs Clinic, and you start to see something funky, and I don't... She... <sighs> She goes to this clinic that's supposed to be there to like restore people, but there's all these like beautiful people there with like, you know, bandages around chins and stuff. Like they just got like, you know, liposuction or plastic surgery, like nothing too severe. Yeah. But she goes in looking like Darkwing Duck. She's got that like veil over her face and this like black, <laughs> this black or just hat. Dark Man. Yeah, right. Yeah. That movie, that comic movie, Dark Man. Right. Yeah, she's got a very interesting outfit going in there. Um, yeah, she learns a little bit about that. She gets a surgery. And um, I think where things got a little bit real to start is that she's this really timid person. And then after she wakes up from the surgery, she goes into the. I don't know why there's some like a hunk like night swimming inside here, but she goes in and she's like all over this dude and bites his tongue and then runs away. And so you're like, okay, this is not Rose anymore. Something has changed and it's different. And so that was kind of the drop for me is that um, she's making out with that TV doctor. Dominic Danvers. Yeah, Dominic Danvers and bites his tongue. Um, And that kind of sets a lot of what happens in the rest of the movie in motion. So I'm going to call that the drop. All right, yeah, perfect. And I, uh, so favorite death scene, right? Our next c- category here. Um, gosh, I mean, I I have a couple. I think it's gonna be the cr- the 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 guy the the there's an alleyway and she's like Rose is like completely like besides herself. And oh like, yeah, this is when you start seeing the. Uh, the growth come out and yeah. like these tentacles uh, are happening. And this guy, I don't know, is just like, Hey, is everything all right? Is everything all right? And by the way, it's like, there's public service announcements that are happening as like the background of this, like, please stay away from people that are looking sick and are, are, are like, <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. And this guy just is proceeding to go down this alleyway. And then he just, I mean, again, off screen, but you know, he meets his demise, and yeah. I was just like, well, that guy, it's kind of like, well, that was dumb as well, and just like, <laughs> you know, you, you deserve it. Like, leave her alone, dude. Why are you following a girl down an alleyway, and she's going to grow tentacles and kill you? All right, you're, you're good. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because there wasn't actually a ton of death scenes. It was that people were getting bitten. Get, yeah, they were getting bitten or or poked or their blood sucked and they would become more zombies so it was like a lot more like shooting deaths but I'll yeah. say that one that I thought was kind of humorous to me was when they're in the hospital they've got the guy from the CDC there they're having a conversation about um, you know what the symptoms are how, what's happening with people and it's kind of this quiet moment all of a sudden you see this dude run out in a Santa Claus costume and he's clearly been, yeah, been fo- foaming at the mouth foaming at the mouth and these two cops like boom boom like shoot him down or whatever and it just it's just kind of a comical scene I think for that but I thought it was 
um, just like a good way to show what I thought the rest of the film was going to be like, which was that all these kind of crazy, weird zombies bopping around, like trying to eat each other. And I think they did a lot less of that so they could focus on this big fashion show reveal at the end. Um, but I thought that that was a good, you know, it, it, I thought it was just a good kind of humorous break in the movie that oh for sure know. and and the the overacting of uh, the CDC doctor of like we're a hospital trying to help people <laughs> and like really exposing the cops and I'm like another thing that has <laughs> been a very overlying factor that the uh, these cops were uh, very very open to use their guns at any cost yep. inside of a hospital and and the police uh, or the uh, doctors just on his like pedestal we're here to help people you know it was great great delivery of overacting at that at that point as well of a of a santa shooting for sure the only other i think death that was really i, I don't know if it's like a favorite death scene because it was the person that died more so than how it affected Dr. Burroughs, which is when she stabs his, I don't wife. know what to call it, that wife where yeah. she's coming out of the wall like a, a Goosebumps book or something with all those weird arms and stuff. But anyway, she stabs the wife, um, which I thought was it sh- good just because it pissed him off so much. She looks like she was straight from like Stranger Things in the what's what's it the Upside Down world or the what's that called the uh, yeah she went straight up Demogorgon yeah because she's like on the wall and uh, just this mutated thing um, but yeah no that 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 was a good candidate too because that was a death you're, you know the, you're like oh good yeah she's she's gonna have her day and that's not really how the movie ends but uh, at least at least the Doctor Burroughs gets affected. And it, you know, who, yeah. Again, you feel bad for the wife because she's, you know, she's got cancer, and they were trying to experiment to keep her alive and all this stuff. But yeah, I mean, it wasn't his wife anymore, so we shouldn't feel oh. bad for it. Uh, it kind of reminded me of a little bit of uh, Slither, though, which is one of my favorite like comical horror movies of all time. Is Slither, where this deformed creature just keeps growing and growing and needs to keep more blood and meat and things and grows out and has all these appendages and stuff kind of remind me of that a little bit oh yeah so just a quick shout out we may do this at some point because i love it so much but there we go check out slither too <laughs> oh i'm sure it will happen all right so let's go right into well that was dumb uh the tommy jarvis award um <laughs> so, good old jarvis yeah so <laughs> Rose wears Gunter's dress at the club uh, f- from his collection. Yeah, why would you do that? Yeah. You're petrified of him, but you are gonna. You don't think he's going to be at this club full of models? Yeah, I was like, that's... And, and she was so nervous about that as she, as she was there. I was like, yeah, well, get, get, why are you wearing that dress? Like, like no one's going to notice her. Or this, say, it, this is before the accident, too, right? Yeah, this is uh, when she... Well, that's the funny thing is when she gets in the accident wearing this dress, and her friend says, Gunter's not going to charge you for the dress. That's the good news. <laughs> the good news about everything that happened is she's not going to have to pay for the dress. Uh... So, what time was it at this club? I they they walk out. And it's daylight, like li- like four p.m. daylight, not like four a.m. Well, daylight. they go in and it's four p.m. daylight, but when they come out, it's like five thirty daylight. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Whoa, that that club!" And there's like tons of people there. I was like, "Why are there so many people at this club at four p.m.?" Yeah, people are like, "I'm gonna hit the club real quick, and then after, I might go to Applebee's for dinner." 
Uh, owning a moped or a Vespa, stocks probably dropped because of this movie. Because <laughs> it's just like, that will kill you. <laughs> and then you'll have to go get stem cell research or stem cell uh, surgery done. Yep. Um, not knowing the side effects of these like mysterious drugs and protein shakes. Like, yeah, for someone who talks so. Is so worried about what she's consuming in her yeah, body. Yeah, about I only eat organics and I'm I am vegetarian and this is what I like to put in my body. And then they're like, um, by the way, um, drink this shake. It's just got good stuff in it. And she's like, cool, no problem. And it's labeled red. Yeah, it's it's a it looks like she said a Canadian energy drink or a Canadian Red Bull <laughs> yeah. red. You know, like uh, swimming at night. We already kind of went over that. <laughs> like by oh, yourself, every single light is off. <laughs> Like, why is this guy swimming at night? You know, like, unless you're taking a babe there and it's like the high school gym or something, you're not going by yourself for like a night swim. Yeah. Uh, and why was he there? I, they said, I think they said why he was there, but it was like anything that you got done, you really can swim with that. I don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it just doesn't make it. Yeah. Don't go swimming at night. And it's kind of like that adage of like nothing good happens after 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. Uh, it's kind of like, yeah, nothing good ever happens when swimming at night by yourself. I mean, let's let's go to like Friday the 13th. Any any of yeah. these movies like don't do that. Like it's dumb. So indoor, outdoor and just don't swim at night. Yeah, Don't swim at night or or, or by yourself or if you just ate a big meal. I mean, think about it. Like, you're going to the gym, you walk out, you're at the YMCA or wherever, uh, LA Fitness, or uh, and and you walk out, and you're the only one in the pool. Are you swimming? No. no <laughs> I don't know. Like, no. I'd rather have people there, <laughs> to be honest. Like, what if I drown? Like, nobody's here. Like, what's going on? Like, I don't know. Anything could happen. For sure. By yourself swimming. Not a safe thing to do. It really isn't. Maybe it's when they turn the pool vacuums on and <laughs> yeah. Oh whoa, what movie was that? Uh, no, no movie. I'm just saying maybe they turned some pool vacuums. No, on. I swear that happened in a movie. Like <laughs> get a pool in. vacuum. Yeah, and they get sucked in. Oh my god, listeners, help us out on that one. Oh god, now I got to research that. We're gonna look it Some, up. Something happened that way. Uh, anyway, All right, um, good to know. That that was my list. So anything else? What well, I'm sure you, I'm sure you have a plenty. Yeah, um, Doctor Keloid. Which I think they call him Keloid in the first one, but then he announces himself as Keloid in the second, which every time I hear the word Keloid, it's pretty disgusting growth on your body. So I'm like, Dr. Keloid is kind of a weird for like a plastic surgeon. But anyway, Dr. Keloid, um, he starts asking Rose a bunch of questions and she wakes up and then he's like, but please don't answer your jaw is wired shut. <laughs> like, why are you asking her tons of questions? How are you feeling? You just got up. Is everything okay? Oh, please don't try to speak. And right away, she just knows how to write, like, yeah, I can't open my mouth, so give me a board and I'll write it to you. They've got it ready to go. Yeah, board. I'm like, uh, you know, uh, yep. I'm sure. Um, one thing that I thought was very interesting was um, then, so Dr. Keloid says, the bike punctured your abdomen, and so we had to remove a significant portion of your intestine but, but first of all like the scar is like up on top of her chest so i don't know how far that scar goes down because they don't right. show but it seemed like kind of weird if it's her abdomen that she'd have we that, had to open up your rib cage to yeah, fix this your whole abdomen. Scar like, down. you're a shitty doctor but he does say you can live a perfectly normal life with a shortened organ and i was thinking amen sister <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> is that hitting close to home? Like, jeez. <laughs> it hit close to home. <laughs> I wouldn't say normal, but uh, I'm not doing any night swimming. Well, maybe that's the only time I'm going swimming. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, this show went somewhere else. All right. Yep. Um, again, we you already mentioned it, but uh, she's she's pounding those mystery shakes like it's an odd walla. I mean, <laughs> oh yeah, I, this I, isn't I, red I used the word deep throat. Like she was, <laughs> yeah. she she was going to town on this drink. And then, uh, uh, I think she she comes out in this like little white number, um, you know, like a tank top and short shorts. And when she starts eating that steak or like drinking the blood on the steak, and she's just, I'm like. You you can't eat a bloody steak while wearing white, yeah. Whether it's after Labor Day or not, um, but it kind of <laughs> reminded me of Andrew WK, the Party Hard video. <laughs> like <laughs> she's got wearing all white with blood all over. So I thought that was a a good call out there. Yeah, but it, I mean that was a that you know Marilyn Chambers did the same thing in in the original. It was just kind of staying true to that because it, it was a revealing thing, right? It was making that character kind of sexy or attractive yeah, or yeah. something. And I, I think if you're if you're a vegan listener, um, the drop for you was when she starts licking that steak. Yeah. And that's definitely the drop. That was my third candidate. Um, and then there's all these weird scenes, which I thought were dumb. Like, she's having hallucinations, but one of them, it looks like a Lady Gaga video. Yes. Um, okay. Back at the doctor's office? Uh, Dr. Burroughs? Yeah, I'm like... I- and then it was like they were... They, it was like disco music happening. Yeah, you're right. Lady Gaga video, hundred percent. And I like how they're the the messaging that they have over every broadcast is like, avoid all animals or humans exhibiting erratic behavior. I'm like, don't we do that anyway? <laughs> if I see a, if I see a dog like doing backflips with foam coming out of his mouth, I'm not going to go pet it. Yeah. If someone's like yelling in the middle of like a Walmart, I'm not going to go talk to them. Like, I'm those are things I'm avoiding anyway. So I don't know what you need to remind me of that, but thank yeah. you. Hundred percent. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that's all the notes of dumb stuff for me. Um, again, I'm sure there's there's more things in here that you shouldn't have done. Um, I think we called out the the main ones, but uh, so um, there was a scene. I, I I don't know where to to place this, but I'm 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 just looking at my notes, and I think well, that was dumb. It's maybe a good spot for it. Yeah, because I, I definitely have to touch base on part of why this movie plays so well with what we've experienced with COVID. Because when towards the end, Gunter's at the fashion show, he's being interviewed by like some fashion magazine, and he, the journalist, is reporting like, "Don't you feel bad that you're holding this fashion show while there's a crisis going on?" <laughs> yep. and he says. It's not a fucking cold. It's like it's only a cold, or a, like it, referring to it. It's just the flu. Like, yep. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. That's what everyone else thought with COVID as well, and and that 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 turned pretty poorly very quickly. So I'm just like, this movie is just so ahead of that that time of COVID that I'm like, what a great line. I mean, all this is just like super magical. Like the like how this movie didn't have legs, and it will maybe will have these legs later to be like, oh yeah, remember in 2020. Well, go watch Rabbit. It's like right a month or two before that happened, and it was underlining all of the poor CDC decisions uh, and national uh, alerts and Gunter referring to it as, it's just the fucking flu. (laughs) Yeah, just the the level of people downplaying it for their own agendas. Like, well, 
I have this event that I'm going to hold. So why am I going to be worried about this fucking flu? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he, 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 he did, did Gunter fall into any award for you? Um, not really. Cause he's, he's just so eccentric, you know, he's not, I don't, yes, he is a little bit overbearing in the beginning, but he kind of like, he, he turns around. A, yeah, he, he turns, turns a, a corner when uh, Rose becomes confident. And then you're just like, oh, Gunter's a pretty cool guy. You know, I, I just think his fucking fashion, he, like he walks around, there's a scene where he looks like Michael Jackson meets Axl Rose, um, you know, from like the, you know, the new Axl Rose. Or a poor man's Mick Jagger. <laughs> yeah, like, he's got know. his hat on and he's just like trying to stay super incognito. Just a very strange, very, very strange man. I'm sure he's been to the Burroughs Clinic a, a dozen times or more. I mean, no doubt about it. Yeah, he's definitely drinking the red drink. He, oh yeah, definitely. Tiger blood. He's like the Charlie Sheen of the movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I just had to throw it in somewhere. I guess that's like it falls under. Well, that was dumb. It's just like all of these people, like you know, with the CDC and not listening and just holding events. It's just like ah, just seems pretty dumb to do that during. Uh, you know, that's why uh, our whole world shut down because of COVID. So maybe your world should have shut down until all the rabid people kind of stop biting people. You know, like yeah, I think the world's gonna still turn if they don't see your mangled red and black dress on a stage for 14 <laughs> people that are in there. I think the world will go on. Yes. So uh what would you do? Uh I already said it. I'm never getting surgery again. I'm just not yeah. going to do it. I'm well, never getting surgery that's called experimental. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, you know, stem cells might have their, their place later in life. But for me, uh, just no surgery. I'm going to try to avoid that at all costs. I think I already alluded to that. What would you do? It's just going to stay away from, and especially, like I said, with Dr. Death, I'm just like, I just want to stay away from the hospital altogether. Yeah, again, I'm going to throw out the what would you do is that if I'm hearing this massive, like, deadly outbreak of rabies, I'm probably going to hang out inside. But yeah, all these people are still going out. and That's exactly in, what we did. Right. They're in restaurants. <laughs> we, they're doing all these things. And... Um, in a in a pretty big city where they are, it seems like um, maybe they, more they people should have been should've social distancing. I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, get a, get like a six. So, what would you do? Just uh, adhere to the CDC and social distance? Hmm. I mean, it familiar. took a while for them to get to it for sure. The CDC's like, we don't want to start a panic. Yes. Oh my god. I was like, bingo. <laughs> like, what like am I watching Twenty Four or something? Like, what? <laughs> I thought I was watching like Fox News for a second. <laughs> no politics. I'm just that was the first news that came to my mind. Sorry. Uh they ain't never gonna be right. Easy. Rose Miller. Yeah. hundred uh, percent. Like even at the end, I was just like, boom. You could you could almost rename it. Uh Joey, yeah. yeah watch first, this movie. Rose might take it away from Sue. <laughs> because she's gonna be the forever they ain't never gonna be right. <laughs> yeah, she she is like immortal, right? She basically, yeah, becomes immortal. Yeah, so she tries. She tries to do the right thing, thinking she's gonna end the cycle. Yeah. And she doesn't. Tough sledding. So uh that's our Sue Award, Rose Miller. Uh alternate ending for me, Rose actually gets to kill Dr. Burroughs and does stop the cycle. Even though she's affected, I don't know what she does after that, but at least Dr. Burroughs is dead, not doing it to more people. Um, she already did it in the movie, but I thought it would end it, which is to cut off the little tentacle that came out of her pit. Yeah. <laughs> um, that maybe that would like stop the cycle and it would kind of ruin, and, like maybe every, it was almost like one of those things where you think like, if she's the center of it, similar to Slither, I'm going to call it out again, is that if you 
kill the person at the center of it, then everyone maybe just drops to the ground that's in this rab- rabid mode or whatever, and either they're dead or they come back and they wake up and they're normal, you know, something like that, where it's just that it's all living with inside her. Um, but not a lot of ways you can take it, because I think between how the original ended, which is that basically to try to... So the in the original, Rose tries to prove that she is not sort of infected or she's not the person that's causing this big rabies outbreak. So she basically brings this guy home with her and, and, you know, does her feeding on him. And then she calls her, her boyfriend or friend and says, well, I've bitten this guy. And if, if he wakes up and is rabid, then I'll know that I'm the cause of it. But otherwise I don't think he will. He's resting fine. He gets up and basically kills her. And then you just see like later in the movie, they find her body in like an alleyway and they just pick her up and drop her in the back of a, a dump truck. I mean, that's basically what happens in, in, the, huh. in the original. So this new version ended a very, very different way. So I yeah. think that they sort of reimagined the, the ending for there us in a way. So it takes it, takes yeah. it, takes it, no. So the only thing I would change in this in this uh, new version is kill Dr. Burroughs so he doesn't do this again, right? Or the alternate ending is that it ended 30 minutes sooner. <laughs> That's true, yeah. Short I mean, attention span here. It, 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 like I said, you could have cut out a lot of monologue in this for sure, but uh, any alternate ending for you or are you kind of in the same? No, yeah, again, I think uh, they they've done... I think what they needed to do to try to to end the movie off. I don't. I think what you said makes the most sense. Is that Rose? Like I kind of thought Rose is going to smash through the glass and then she's going to kill Doctor Burroughs and then this is never going to happen again. But then, again, what happens with Rose? She, everyone she knows is dead pretty much, or the world's in shambles. So what does she do from here? You know? Yeah. Takes over Gunter's uh, <laughs> Gunter's house or House of Gunter. Yeah. Hot halls of halls of Gunter. Gunter. Uh, all right. I got some awards. Oh, you want to go to awards before music? Um, I don't have many, but I'm going to say, I guess Gunter could fit. Uh, we talked about this when we did our uh, fr- uh, Friday the 13th episode, which is the sort of Uncle Charles Award. And I think it's because there's so many different characters that we see in different films that act a certain way that kind of remind you of, okay, this is what that. And we, we couldn't necessarily fit them all in the Franklin and the Aunt Martha Award. So I think the... The um, Uncle Charles Award um, from uh, Jason Takes Manhattan would go to Gunter because he's kind of like a little controlling, overbearing. So when he kind of gets his world rocked, you're kind of like a little bit grateful that that happened. Karma. Um, The Judy Award. So Judy from Sleepaway Camp, the mean girl. So the mean girl award um, goes to the twins. Yep. The Saska sisters. Um, well, in the movie, they're they're still they're twins either way, right? Yeah, so. <laughs> in real life and in the movie, yeah, <laughs> they didn't wear a disguise. So yeah, the, the, guess what, Saska sisters, you get an award. You, you're, you got the you're, Mean you're, Girls, the, the Mean Girls, the Judy Award. Um, I don't have a Franklin though. There's no real wet blanket in it. I mean, maybe Rose. <laughs> Rose is Rose, kind of the wet maybe? blanket at the what, beginning. What about Chelsea? No, I guess. She was kind of, uh, she she was very nice to Rose, but she was also setting her up a lot and just kind of like right. trying to hype things up. But what about we we we've never talked about the boyfriend character. Like he was kind of like part of the Burroughs camp and like protecting her, and it was it was very weird. Like what was happening there? And I was just like, wait, what? Like I don't think they they didn't develop it enough, but it also took too long. So I feel like I just didn't. I don't think that was necessary. You no. know, like. 
It wasn't. She could have had a love interest. That's fine. But she didn't even really like him though. Like, no, it wasn't- but how it tied back to Burroughs, I was like, wait, why? Why'd you do that? Like, I don't, really, now I'm confused. He didn't like really betray her. You know, it just I don't know. It, it felt weird. Um, but I do want to say that we. We mentioned that the Sasuke sisters did other films, um, and two of the films were actually for the WWE Network, one of them being um, See No Evil 2 with Kane, yeah. and then um, Vendetta featuring Dean Kane and uh, Paul White, or The Big Show. Yep. Um, but we had another wrestling um yeah, and he was kind of a dirtbag. He, he, is CM Punk. Uh, yeah. I'm going with uh, CM Punk, who played the character Billy. He's my artie. Already got the Artie Award. Oh, 100%. Yeah, he, super he, scumbag. Super scumbag. Yeah, he had a great line. You're in New Jersey 6. I was like, what is that? <laughs> I was like, that was, I was, I was like, well, we think this was in Montreal or somewhere in Canada. And when yeah. he throws that line, and he, he had some great lines, and that was one of my favorites. You're in New Jersey 6. And I'm like, I don't even know what that means, but I love it. Yeah, he he was good. I thought he was he was good in that. Um, yeah, he was you know, he was a scumbag. <laughs> and welcome back to AEW, or welcome to AEW, CM Punk. Yeah, uh, hey. me me and some of the fellows are gonna go to one of the um, uh, events uh, in September for oh. AEW. Awesome. Yeah. Where where? It's in um, right near um, City Field, uh, Flushing, New York. Oh jeez, so you're um, going down to Long Island? Yep. Nice. Well, that'll be fun. It's gonna be a good time. Any more awards? Nope, we gave them all away. All right, soundtrack. So soundtrack was kind of a weird one. So the score done by Claude well, for, let's just say, Foise. Forgettable. <laughs> so go ahead. Forgettable. <laughs> forgettable. Yeah, uh, Claude Foise did the score. Um, nothing really out of the ordinary for, for horror. Like Very very dramatic piano scene during surgery. That was kind of it. it was Which like, to me was, it was weird. It was like triumphant in a way and it was hopeful. It had the, it almost sounded to me like the the Rugrats theme or something. It just had this weird sound yeah. to it. Um, I it just, just like, wow, there's a lot of piano right now. A lot of piano. Yeah, it, <laughs> it took on this like, it was almost like a sci-fi thing for me. Like it was, like almost like it, this would be a scene in like Minority Report or something. It just had that vibe to me. Um, but the rest of the film, they had some songs like during the club scenes. Like, it, yeah, it, there was music, but it, what it was, it was it was forgettable enough that the lyrics of those songs didn't transcend to what was happening in the movie, with, like a lot of good horror movies do, like Alice Cooper in uh, Friday Thirteenth Part Eight. You know, like oh, there's yeah. a lot of this cheesiness of these. Oh, he was in Part Six. He did Part Six. Part Six. Sorry, yeah. but there's a lot of this cheesiness in these in these. Uh, songs that would correlate to what was happening in the movie. Not not in this one. I think they were just choosing music that was trying to fit a scene of a club in a city in Canada or wherever the hell they're at. So, very forgettable, I guess. Yeah, we've got tracks by uh, Fake Shark, uh, Kiwi, uh, Sold Out. Sold um, Out! Oh, man, I love them. That's um, Do It Again. Um, that's in the restroom scene when, when the Sasuke sisters are doing coke. Um, I guess that does play into it. Yeah, I mean, we've got, and then it's like more by Kiwi, Claude Foise. Um, just kind of looking through. I mean, the the names of these are obviously fitting because they make sense with where they happened in the film. But yeah, nothing nothing really stands out. There wasn't anything where you're like, this is a piece of music that really ties in. A lot of it just seems a little bit like background music. It's there for a purpose because they're in a club, but I don't know if it's like necessarily there to tie into the film. So. Um, I think 
if it's a good background soundtrack, I thought the score was interesting, which I liked. Again, we talked about that scene that's like during surgery that, uh, again, I don't, that whole scene was very weird. The whole scene, yeah. It was super weird. Um, I wrote seven out of 10. I'd probably give it a six now that I'm thinking of it. Um, probably I'll probably go lower because I mean, I think I gave like one of the Friday 13s a five. So I, it's below that. Yeah, I, I think I'm I'm being nice to it because um, there's one song I'll have to go back and figure out what it was. But the one song I actually really liked in it, and I'm like, oh, I want to go and find this on Spotify and add it to a oh, playlist. Oh, there you go. So there was one song I liked. Um, I can't remember it at this moment, but um, when I find it, I will make sure we link it to the Instagram. Yeah, I'm trying. To, <laughs> let me look through my notes about music. Do I have anything? 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 No. I think my song might be Little Lies by Fake Shark. I think it's one of the early songs that comes in. It says when she arrives at the party, she finds Brad there. I think that might be the... When she's near the bar, pretty sure. So Yeah, I wrote down uh, music in the club, piano during surgery, and then club scene again was music. So those were the only times that it really jumped out. Yeah, otherwise it's like, it's, it's ambient noise. It's big, doomy bass drop things. It's... You know, it's nothing that's like a really, um, you wouldn't, again, we t- always talk about like Halloween or. Um, yeah, it's not, it's not the, a pantheon type. Yeah, if you like heard it, you wouldn't be like, oh, that's from this movie. You know, there's certain things where the music kind of like it brings you somewhere or you like can, even if you don't know what it's from, you can picture like what the scene would be in your mind. You know, like sometimes, like, sometimes you can like you can imagine a music video for a song that you've never seen the music video for. You know, sometimes you can just get that picture in your head by the way the music sounds. So if it's something like heavy and industrial, you think like Nine Inch Nails is probably like in a fucking steam factory with people wearing leather and, and hitting things with a hammer. And that would have made you know? more sense during like all the surgery or anytime you're at Dr. Burrow's office. So Yeah, I wanted to be more evil. Yeah, so when, you, when you're actually watching this, really pay attention to what's happening at this Burroughs Clinic. Uh, I, I I noticed that in the background, the paintings. So if we wanted to take a different scope of artistic uh, oh, overlay, yeah. is that rather than, you know, we usually perseverate on the music, I'm going to say the art on the wall in every room of the Burroughs Clinic is super creepy. And all their faces of these people on these paintings are all wiped out. Like well, somehow, of, one of them looks like Rose. There's one that has like a mangled mouth, like a like similar to like maybe a cleft palate or something. But it looks kind of like Rose, which is interesting. It's like they did they do it in the moment and hang it on the wall. You yeah. Know, but. So for 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 you guys to go back and and watch this for the first time, pay attention to what's happening at the Burroughs Clinic. I think that makes the most sense. Listen to the music. Uh, it, it's it's telling a story. It's trying to. It's it, a lot of weird scenes. There's color. They use the red scrubs and the paintings on the wall. And it just really goes to show you that this is a creepy place, and Doctor Burroughs is a creepy person. So they and and they really hit a home run in that regard. So pay attention to that. That's about it. Yeah, I I think in general, um, just I guess as like maybe some some of the closing statements. Like I thought production value was very good in the film. I thought things looked good. The shots were good. I thought, oh, yeah, the plasma that they were using on the for the steps, yeah, that was pretty cool. I was like, whoa, all right, there, is that where the mil- a couple billion went? Like on, on all that, and yeah, it worked. Things looked really good in the film. I thought the actual dialogue between characters felt real to me. It didn't seem like stilted. It wasn't bad, a- badly acted or anything. Oh. Again, I think we agree that the monologues were a little a lot bit of long. Monologues. And- 
there's like a lot of fashion driven monologues like this is why I live you know like okay you know like like I said you know, like they were just on this huge devil wears product kick yeah and, and again said, like let's let's make this into a horror movie I, ho- I hope we're not being like too duty where we're like yeah we can't talk about fashion I just think we I think we both probably looked at it from the same scope which is that it didn't bring anything really to the film no. other than this is someone's passion and they want to talk about it. So like if you're writing a horror movie, maybe you're going to throw some sports scenes in there or something like that yeah. with, because it's like something you like, whether added to the film or not. So I'll say maybe there was a really specific purpose. Maybe it, again, it was like, it was trying to talk about the unrealistic expectations of the fashion industry or models. And we are having all this plastic surgery. Maybe it's like more of a call out to that. Um, There's probably a lot that, that goes on behind the scenes that it was the purpose of this, but you know, we, we don't know that. So it's a little bit difficult for us to, to say, but I mean, I think the, the money was well spent in the way I think the film was shot. I thought, again, all those things were good. Um, I think there's things, in my opinion, that were kind of flawed in the film in general. Just again, the, the length of it. I think they could have focused more on how the out the outbreak of the of you know the rabies pandemic was happening, and focus more on like how again in the original there was more martial law. It was more about like locking things down and which I, is, which are all funny elements, and that's why I, I really urge people to go watch this. And while we we're going to recommend this a hundred percent, yeah, oh yeah, is because I think it was you know. Unfortunately for us, with COVID, it's kind of ahead of its time, you know, in a sense, only a couple months. But this this is probably why the movie was affected in its sales. So hopefully it gets a rejuvenation yep. to say, yeah, a lot of what's happening, like, at the timing of this, it's pretty uh, pre- pretty clever. Yeah. And and a lot of underlying things were happening with the CDC. It's all, all sorts of fun stuff. So I'm like, I was watching it with that viewscape, and I was like, this is entertaining to me. Yeah, I, oh, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I, I very much enjoyed it. I, I guess I'm comparing it to the original because I think that this is the first remake that we've done where we actually watched the original. Yeah, and, and, and that's like why I recommended and- it because I was like, <laughs> we should watch the original because I think I like the concept of the movie yeah. 100%. And there's a reason why they had to remade it. And I think I give a lot of praise to the Saskia sisters, if I doesn't sound like I do, is of the whole C- pandemic scenario and, uh, yeah. and why we experienced it. So to me, it really hits us now home. And it makes a lot of sense. So um, let's end it there, but we definitely want to uh, let everyone know. We already decided on our next film because uh, yeah. this was a movie that we haven't seen. And the next movie I haven't seen yet, and it, shame on me. I know, everyone, you can boo me right out of the room. Uh, we're going to do Hellraiser, the first one. Yep. Uh, and the reason for that, what is it, 20, how, what's their anniversary in September? Uh, came out in 87, and it was it was dropped in September, so I think we're we're going to be filming it in September, so we feel like that'd be a good way to kick off our first September episode yeah, would be to do not? one. Um, we've already done a Clive Barker. We did Candyman, so yep. we're going to do Hellraiser, which was more of the OG. So so in, in, I'm, I'm going, if it's Clive Barker, then it, it's going to be a cinematography, you know, director, like, it's going to be great. Yeah, they did a lot of... Is that what I'm expecting? Yeah, yeah, they did a lot of remakes of Hellraiser, a lot of sequels. Um, The first is very good. Uh, It's been a little bit since I've seen it, um, so it'll be a good good rewatch. But um, I think it was very iconic growing up. I think, to me, 
when I would close my eyes and think of like horror villains, um, to me, like the three that always popped out would be Jason Voorhees, Freddy Krueger, and Pinhead. Um, yeah, I always remember walking the aisles of Blockbuster or Video Shark or wherever you used to go when you were a kid and, and just see this uh, Pinhead. And, um, it, you know, I, I, I didn't, I never rented it. I, I have no idea why that was not in our, in our wheelhouse. Uh, my brother and I like watching it. My brother said he's seen it. But he never actually recommended it. He you never actually acupuncture VHS. <laughs> yeah, he never he never just said, "Hey Jay, let's sit down and watch this." And for whatever reason, uh, maybe I wasn't interested either. But uh, you know, I just stayed with the uh, Jason Voorhees and Freddy Krueger yeah. Avenue. But uh, anyway, I'm I'm looking 100 percent forward to that. So, uh, do you know where we can watch that yet? Or I'm pretty have, sure it's on Amazon. We can watch perfect. it. Perfect. So hey, for we'll all you people it. out there, go ahead and watch it. Uh, we're going to come back at you either next week or the week after. Uh, we may be going by, you know, moving this uh, format around a little bit, but uh, maybe going a couple times a month or, uh, you know, maybe doing two shows at once and delaying this, how it, how it rolls yeah, out. Yeah, it'll give but, us more time to be able to do a little bit more editing production value instead of trying to bust out. We're both working, so it's it's kind of hard for us to get together and try to knock out episodes every week, but we want to do it because we yeah. like doing it, so yeah, we want to make sure we can be consistent with it. A lot of fun. We're getting a lot of positive feedback. And uh, another thing that I, uh, just a topic uh, that I wanted to share with you is that uh, I feel going into, you know, it's not like we're ending a season, but I, I, I want to kind of have an outlook going forward where uh, we'd like to have guests, you know, yeah. and then they, that guest could recommend the movie so that we're all, you know, we have somebody else sitting around with us. And uh, obviously we're always going to, you know, I think our first guest should be Bill. He's a, he's a very avid listener, and I think he would have a fun time picking his own movie, and then we just go after it. And uh, he's part of the segments, and we can we can do that. That you know, we'll just have somebody show up and say, "Hey, what movie do you want to do?" And let's follow segments and go for it. I think he'll definitely want to do Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Perfect, hundred <laughs> percent. So no problem with that. I, another movie that's like always I, I always know about it, but I, I I I would love to watch it again. You know, watch it. So yeah. Well, I, I I think it's it's good in general. We get to reignite um, some of our passions for watching horror movies like Saturday nights or something, you know, just like kind of bringing it back into the normal. Um, I also think we should put in a plug because uh, I canceled my subscription a while ago because I got kind of busy, but uh, I want to get Shutter back. Um, oh, nice. Get a skip, subscription to Shutter. There's a lot of good Shutter originals and try to go through um, maybe some of the independents and things that right. we can see on Shutter because I think a lot of our listeners out there probably have Shutter and great way to go in and and be able to recommend movies that are on there and they yeah, Shutter if you're listening or you're you're on Instagram, you know, go ahead and like us and we'll follow you and we'll 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 start shouting out your movies and stuff. Why not? Absolutely. All right, man. Uh, shit. What is that? 64 minutes I see up there? Yep. I uh, tried to get it under an hour today, but you'll enjoy. Have fun. Take care, everyone. Peace out. Yeah.